Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, you dig, live action from Kansas City, Missouri, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another podcast. We're back with another Culture Talks podcast with another dope guest. I promise y'all, every week, I'm bringing a guest that's going to be fired. I'm bringing a guest that's going to be fired. And I, I mean, personally, I don't think I failed y'all yet. Y'all let me know in the comments, but um, today we have... The beautiful queen that I just met at this exact moment, just as you guys are meeting her, Keisha <laughs> Hunter. Just to just to make sure I'm pronouncing that right, Keisha Hunter. Am I correct? That is 100% correct. Blessings. All right, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Hey, everybody. Like he said, my name is Keisha Hunter. Uh, deem myself as the uh, credit expert, uh, up and coming from Wyandotte County, born and born and raised, um, mother of three beautiful daughters, and. Um, financial guru you know i'm ready to educate my people teach my people and uh be of any assistance that i can be of i love it i love it you drop you drop that you're from wandak county i love it i love it now personally i'm on the other side of the line you feel me but it's all love talk about talk about um you know life in wandak county like what was it like growing up over there um what are some of the special things that you hold you know close to your heart about that city and just talk a little bit about, you know, growing up in, 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 in the, in the W. In the, in, in the Wyco, they call it killer city. And, uh, you know, I, I can't really refute that. It's unfortunate, you know, we've succumbed to a, a lot of deaths, but, uh, I definitely have love for the Missouri side. Uh, I have a lot of clients over there. Um, and a lot of really close people that I, um, you know, I frequent myself, a lot of businesses in 18th and Vine know a couple of business owners down there. So it's definitely love on the other side of the water. Uh, but my upbringing grew up very poor, very impoverished, uh, did not know anything about finances. Um, financial literacy credit uh how to hold a dollar how to keep a dollar what savings was investment stocks bonds mutual funds uh life insurance like anything credit i didn't know anything about it um so like i said i grew up in, in bonner springs and then around the fifth grade i moved to uh wanda graduated from slago um in 2001 uh played basketball over there for a little bit and um I mean, that, that's home. Uh, before I became a vegetarian, uh, Gates was the spot. Uh, it burned up. <laughs> <not> to... <laughs> uh, but definitely uh, my stumping grounds and I believe um, in giving back. So I'm currently uh, writing a curriculum for USD 500 uh, to teach education um, about credit and finances because that's, that's one area um, that they lack. I love it. I love it. I love it. So... Whew. I'm just so excited to get into this conversation because you just got see like I'm at the start of learning about like all of this you know kind of like as you kind of shared like growing up like for most of us most individuals in general but definitely in our community like we're not really exposed to anything about financial literacy or financial education we go to school and like Tupac says we learn we learn we learn reading, writing, arithmetic, and then we go to the next grade, we learn reading, writing, arithmetic, and we just yep. keep repeating. And at some point, you know, <laughs> it's, of, it's of no value, but they forget to teach us about financial literacy. They forget to teach us about, um, you know, mindset, about eating, about nutrition, about, about taking care of your physical health, about there's so much that that that's missing from our you know educational curriculum so i'm just glad to hear that you which we're going to jump into that that um that you're you know <laughs> writing a curriculum for that so tell me a little bit about like your first exposure to like getting interested in like financial literacy beyond what you're taught just in your day-to-day -day life or whatever you knew like when what age what time period in your life was it when you're like ah damn like there's more to learn about this um, I would say um, early 20s, um, but really that's about finances. But in terms of credit, like uh, I say, when I was around 28, so about 10 years ago, and um, I went to purchase a home. I didn't know about a credit score, um, didn't know that I had been a victim of identity theft and the person shall remain nameless. Um, but I just didn't know. So when I went to purchase my first home, um, that's when I was so he was like, oh, your credit score is 470. I was like, OK, cool. He was like, uh, that's, not, 
I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, what do I need to do? So that's when I started educating myself and learning out, you know, figuring out how to do an affidavit, you know, uh, telling the police department that I was a victim of identity theft, how to get stuff cleaned off and cleared up. And then I went into, okay, well, cousins, family, friends, let me work on your credit, see what I can do to fix it. And then I just gradually um, became better. So I've been in business uh, for five years now, but actually just stepped out on faith March 29th of last year to do it full time. Um, and it's proven very lucrative but yeah so full full blown entrepreneur all I got is faith and uh, it's it's been a blessing congratulations congratulations every time I hear somebody say uh, faith it's all I think about is shout out to the Kansas City local artist Kai Colors with love by faith coming out on October 16 two days Um, but but you know we had to shout out the local the local legends that are coming up you know the the local young cats coming up um so what has the past you year you said year right it's been a year since you what what has the last year been like like talk about just the experience overall like is it has it been stressful what have been some challenges like what how are you feeling how's like the past 12 months been feeling for Keisha as a full-blown entrepreneur because that's a big thing that comes with a lot so speak on that that. I'll I'll be very candid when I speak on that um the decision came in about um October of uh 2018 so I I pondered on it for like six months and and in all honesty being fully transparent it was fear it was fear of losing um I worked for an employee vested company uh we had stocks we had mutual funds we got um bonuses every year it was 12 minutes from my house um it was employee owned it was like I made great money like it, it was the perfect job but I still was not satisfied and um I don't like asking permission for my life hey can I leave early to go my daughter's game hey can I do this hey I'm gonna be late it's cold outside or whatever the case was uh so finally um I had pondered it and about two weeks before I tried to quit my bosses walked me down to HR hey give her whatever she wants and I'm just like no so finally I had to quit um and make it effective immediately so I left for work on a Friday let me backtrack that day I went to my trainer and he saved as well. And uh, I was like, bro, you know, I, I, today's the day. I, I just need to go ahead and do it. He was like, man, do it. Fast forward at lunch, I still needed a sign. I'm like, Lord, are you sure? Because I'm giving up this money every two weeks. Like, are you sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Craziest thing ever. The lady bought lunch for everybody in the office. She's never bought lunch. And she was throwing uh, fortune cookies out. And she was like, oh, here, open this. And I was like, I don't eat it. She was like, just read what it say. And the fortune cookie, uh, I still have it on my desk. It said, um, you're about to make the best decision ever. And and I was like, all right. I was like, I hear you like I'm done. Fast forward 30 days after that, ended up getting a contract to teach financial um, education to DCF. Like in 30, like within 30 days. So now I teach all the financial courses for DCF. Um, and then just earlier this year before COVID hit, um, got blessed to do all the regions in Kansas. It, it, it has been a blessing. And when people always ask me, what made you do it? I'm like, um, it was this video I watched and it was about a herd. A lion was standing to the side and a herd, a stampede was going by. And uh, they was like, why don't you just jump in? You never know what you what's gonna happen if you don't just jump in. And I was like, that was a defining moment for me. And I jumped in, and and this ain't even bragging, but these last months since I've left this year has been my most successful year being in business. And just, I mean, I'm not gonna put my business out there, but I'm all right. I have not been affected by the pandemic, and that's glory to nobody other than God. Absolutely, like, God bless for sure. Hey, that hey, hey, see, hey, look. This was supposed to have you got me turned up a little bit. Hold up. Watch out now. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, I'm not here to push nothing on nobody, but please trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in God and have faith. But understand that you have to take action too. You yes. have to take action too. People often, you know, I'm sure you can attest to this too. And both of us, like probably in our own experience, and also just seeing like our community or friends and family around us. Oftentimes we pray, we pray, you know, we yes. praying, but then we forget the action portion that we have right. to take action too. 
You know, God will God will throw things your way without action, but but most of the time you're gonna need to do some work. You know you what I'm saying? He's gonna he's he's gonna open the door, but you gotta make the decision to walk through it. And you have gotta you gotta make the decision to find it. But if you're not taking action, if you're not walking down your path, you ain't never gonna find that door that he opened. So please trust in God. Um so I want to run it back a little bit. I want to reverse a few years. Um, once you once you finished high school, did you did you uh, did you go to college? Like, how'd you end up in that good job you were talking about? Like, was it was it a friend? Did you just apply to a job nearby, or did you go to school and study something? Run it run it back to like eighteen to twenty four. What was going on in those years? Okay, if I run it back to eighteen to twenty four, even seventeen to twenty four, a single parent, a mom of three daughters, uh, by myself. Uh, barely making ends meet, uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, trying to figure it out. Um, and then uh, I just got better with money. You know, I just, I, th I think it came from lack of having, and, you know, I wasn't the kid that can ever remember one time ever going school shopping for school clothes. You know, I was the kid whose mom took him to churches to get free school supplies. And, you know, I was wearing my brother's hand-me-downs and, you know, different stuff like that. So I never had it. So the lack of it taught me how to be better with finances once I knew how valuable they were. So from that, I would call that my trial and error phase you know I was just trying to figure it out I was a single mom so I was on assistance you know I was on section eight for a while I was on assistance for a while I got elite payments to help me with my light bills and then as I got older I was like wait a minute this um yeah no it's, it's not working um so it, it just sparked something in me and now I, I'm breaking generational curses now because nobody in my family it's, it's people that are okay like you probably can count on one hand but as far as just a lineage of uh, like the hilton or the rockefellers or, like I'm, I'm breaking generational curses like my daughters they kid they not gonna have to worry about nothing because i'm teaching them financial literacy now it's so vital so many people have it man and i think like two things you mentioned in there that i just want to tap into um adversity adversity so listen ladies and gentlemen everyone faces challenges that they that they go through in their own life and and everyone's built for for different levels of difficulty but regardless of who you are you are going to face adversity and adversity is you know adversity normally causes what you were you were kind of sharing is like when you ain't when you ain't got nothing like is desperation at that point and desperation is the greatest motivator and when you, when you when you when you've never had anything or when you don't have anything in that moment whatever it is you know you might have grown some individuals grow up with something and then lose it all and so then that's where they hit desperation some people grew up with nothing and they've been desperate their whole entire lives and they finally just tap into that moment where it's just like it's built up you know that desperation that that day by day of adversity of testing difficulties of challenges at some point, you're going to get tired of it. You're going to get tired of it. But what Keisha did, ladies and gentlemen, is not only did she get tired of it, but she decided to do something about it. Because there's a difference between getting tired of it and sitting through it. Because people do that, and we know it. Yeah, yeah. People and that's do the that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, to answer your question, I am college educated. I do have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Uh, law is the end all be all, but I just have so many irons in the fire at the moment that I just have to make time for it. But uh, I, I do have um, a degree, if you will. I don't use it right now, <laughs> but I do. I do have one. And before my little cousin graduated from KU last year, I'm the only person, I was the only person in my family to have a higher education. So super, super proud of her, uh, you know, for making me not be the only one anymore. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an accomplishment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, breaking generational curses. Yeah. Like it takes, <laughs> it takes one person though. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you like feel cocky about yourself or anything but like you got to really like give yourself some props because it takes one person to change the whole entire you know cycle when somebody breaks that cycle it's possible now you know what i'm yeah. saying like it's yeah. possible now it's like auntie did it like or like or moms did it or 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 my sister did it you know what i'm saying like 
it at that moment, you know, you you created a whole new level of opportunities for the family to come. So shout out to you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So actually, quick question. Um, why criminal justice? Why'd you decide to study that? Was there a specific reason or did you or was it just a degree you chose or? Yeah, I still uh, want to go into law. Uh, originally wanted to be a criminal defense attorney, but now I want to be um, a consumer attorney just because it goes hand in hand with my uh, credit repair business. Um, and so now instead of taking them all the way to the intent to sue part, I can actually put on my other hat and actually sue them to mm. get my client. I don't have to pass it off to somebody else. So um I, I still want to pursue it, but like I said, I have too many irons in the fire. I also do real estate investment and development, so mm -hmm. I just, I, I just, I have a lot. But it's definitely on the bucket list. <laughs> uh -huh, man, that that's it's exciting. You know, it's like a broad foundation when you got different skills. Like when you can really truly build an empire. You know, it's like what Nipsey Hussle talks about: vertical integration, like owning everything from the ground up you know what i'm saying so it's like like you said you ain't got to outsource because you already got that side of the map you know locked in you know locked down so so when that you is. step in exactly when you step in this other industry now you got two things locked down it's like all right what else can i lock down the more money you keep in the more money you you can you know redistribute into investments or into your family so that's that's a beautiful thing i, I encourage everybody to you know hey learn as much as you can at the end of the day and speaking yeah. and speaking of learning <laughs> tell me how what books what videos what people who are you going to to learn about credit so you said around 28 is when you start to like learn a bit a little bit more about credit so we'll yeah. come back to the finance portion but let's go into credit so um what books yeah what youtube videos what are you how'd you learn how'd you learn about credit you know what? I, I really hate the terminology self-made because uh, I feel like it takes uh, the credit from God because, I mean, he made us from the jump, but it really was holy the Holy Spirit. And I know that might um, sound cliche, but um, that's really what it was. So I, I, I can't really think of anybody that I just follow per se, but I have looked at a couple YouTube videos. Um, I do like Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, I do like Grant Cardone. Um, and the books I read um, are like self-help books. So uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Um, um, it escapes me. God dang it. Uh, the Silent Investor, you know, so I read a lot of self-help books, uh, but when it comes to uh, finances, I like to follow people that have already been where I'm trying to get to. So at the top of my list is Dr. Boyce Watkins and then Grant Cardone, because he talks like I talk. You cannot be around me and speak negativity. You cannot be around me and feel like a failure. Like you, you just can't because I know that I know where I came from. You looking at somebody that done been molested, somebody that grew up poor, somebody uh, whose mama and daddy are still on drugs and alcohol, who uh, was pregnant at 17, had three kids by the time I was 20. So looking in the face of adversity, like no excuses. Like I'm even like that with my daughter. So I just, you know, I can't, I, I can't accept it because your, it goes back to what you said earlier, your mindset. That's one of my favorite quotes. As a man think is so is he. And if you think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, you can't. But either way, you right. So it, it all goes back to your mindset. So just to, to answer your questions, uh, you know, I read a lot of people that have already been where I've, I've been. So I like Dale Carnegie, you know, like books like that. Um, they, they really help me stay on track, honestly. I love that you mentioned rich dad, poor dad, although it's like highly like referred to, especially in like real estate investing communities. Like I am reading that book right now. And yo, that book is fire. Life changing. Fire. Fire. <laughs> like life changing. I, I love it. I love it. And, and what makes it even better is like reading the book while I'm at work, while I'm working the nine to five. And I'm just like, this makes so much more sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, sitting in the I'm like sitting in the work truck and I'm like, ah, this is putting into words what I've been thinking for so many years, but it's helping me like put it into like something that I can take action on, you know? And then when you think 
quick, quick thing. Repeat that again. But before you repeat that again, some the sound changed up. Like I can't. I don't know if it was if something's covering the microphone, but oh, you but, know what? My boom. retarded self, I was sorry. My hand was down. There. You're good. You're good. You're good. But repeat what you said once more. I said it was the different the difference between the two mindsets of the rich dad and the poor dad was mind blowing. I mean, it's mind changing. It's life changing if you let it change your life because the way they they looked at things, two two opposite sides of the fence. But the rich dad, I mean. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you feel me go read the book <laughs> right right <laughs> nah it's great i love i love that i'm already like already using like the the little quadrant system they got be like right the little four box thing i love yeah that. i love it i love it i love it man i'm there uh you know quick testimony i said um in january of 2019 that i was i gave myself 12 months to be debt free had about a hundred thousand dollars in debt you know from student loans to car to business to, like all kind of different stuff and uh, i didn't do it in 12 but i did it in 19 so i'm debt free as of uh, september 1st uh, love it. i love it congratulations a little bit over a month ago so yeah it's just mindset like not worrying about so many people um get discouraged because they don't know well where am i going to get the money from well how am i gonna that's not your job your job is to believe in your mind put into action do what you can and leave the rest up to god so he he brought a deal my way and the rest is history i love it i love it well first off that's a big achievement like as we know yeah. uh pretty much all of america is in debt you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, like yeah. and 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 unfortunately a lot of folks will stay in debt until the day they pass and pass that debt on. So speaking yeah. of like breaking generational curses, that's one thing everyone need to work on is like, yo, there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Learn about that. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, first yes. and foremost, second, you know, <laughs> learn about the difference between assets and liabilities. Matter of yes. fact, let's go, go read rich read debt, the book. poor debt. Right. Yeah. Cause once you read that, it gives you, it gives you, essentially a plan it gives you a, a baseline of understanding and now all you have to do is go do the work you know what i'm saying yes. take action you take take the the ideas you learn from the book you apply them to your day-to-day -day life and you work diligently to to you know secure what you're trying to secure just like you did you know you set a goal for 12 yeah. months you may not have completed it in 12 but you were like nah well that's just because i didn't complete it in 12 don't mean i'm not going keep going and stay, exactly exactly and stay diligent and then like you said boom some came your way boom bap Man. and it's all because of consistency and determination yes. and being diligent because it's like one, one of the I, I mean i call people virtual mentors and the reason i call them virtual mentors is because i may not have met an individual in person but i may i may follow their content like you said grant cardona might watch his youtube videos uh -huh. gary vaynerchuk earn your leisure rashad and everything so it's like i might follow these people i never meet them but virtually they're mentoring me so yes virtual mentors so one of my favorite virtual mentors told me is like yo stack the deck in your favor so that when the opportunity comes you're not ill prepared that you're not unprepared so it's like you know you got to study the information you gotta you gotta learn about it know know the chessboard so that when when the play is put in your face you can yep. go ahead and secure that situation nothing worse than being unprepared when an opportunity presents itself. oh man man and a real person um that reads and and does a lot of self-improvement uh they know that if you stay ready you ain't got to get ready you know it's ebonics but it's a very true statement 100 <laughs> percent, man hey see i almost went on an tangent about ebonics i learned some dope <laughs> stuff the other day I was, I was listening to a podcast with the individual that uh, wrote the book poweronomics um okay he was talking about language because ooh, he was going in, he was going in, he was talking, hey, real quick, he was just essentially saying that like, the whole point of language is to communicate. So mm -hmm. if I tell you right now, B means hello and bop means bye-bye. And I say, B, you know what I said? Like, it don't matter. It don't matter from there on out. Mm -hmm. Language, the purpose of language is to communicate. And he was just talking about how people are always trying to criticize Ebonics or criticize like, you know, language used in the black community. And it's like, no, look, like, just like you ain't never saw two black people that didn't understand each other you know right. <laughs> and it's like the whole point the whole point Listen. that's true you need me 
Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but that's go. true. You know, we understand each other and don't even have to say a word. <laughs> and that's that look. That's that look. Hey, it's facts. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's uh let's get into extremely specific questions. All right. You okay. ready for this? I right. let's go. <laughs> I said you ready for this. I didn't even give you a chance to respond. I'm like, all right. <laughs> word. All right. So my first question is. Also, some of these came from IG a couple of days ago. I posted on IG okay. any questions you guys have for credit specialists and like for my social media channel. So I didn't write down okay. their names, unfortunately, but some of these are coming from some of the social media following. So, okay, cool. Boom. All right. So why is credit even important? And what are some benefits? I get like this would be an answer how you would answer. But anyways, what are some benefits of having good credit? Okay, number one, why is credit so important? Because unless you're Warren Buffett, um, he's on my list of people to meet too. Um, but unless you're Warren Buffett, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce, people that are born into money or have money now, um, you're gonna need credit at some point or another to uh, purchase a home, buy a car, a uh, business credit, you know, you, you're gonna need it at, at some point. So that is why um, it is important, not unless you just uh, were born into some money or somebody left you a trust and you can just go pay 300,000 for your house or 50,000 for your dream car. That's not the normal um, story for everybody else. So that's why credit is important. Um, and then what was the second question? Yeah, benefits of having good credit. Like, what are some like tangible benefits that you? I mean, you kind of mentioned purchasing a home, but what are some other things that like uh, people check like check credit for where your credit matters? Like, what are some, can you give some like tangible experiences that you might go through in life where credit comes into play? Um, credit is vital and it comes into play. Um, like when I went and bought my motorcycle. I probably was in the dealership for like under 20 minutes because my credit was so good. So when they ran my credit um, in layman's terms or the short version, you get to call the shots versus them calling the shots for you. So if you want to walk into a dealership and pay whatever you want to pay, put whatever down you want to put down or get your interest rate, your, your monthly payment or whatever you want it to be, you get to name all that. And when you have great credit, they're going to do everything in their power to give you everything that you want. It goes from hoping that you get approved to knowing that you're going to get approved. I want this. I want that. I don't want to pay that. I don't want this. It, it makes it's, you the boss instead of them bossing you around. I had a client and uh, she got a $12,000 car and she was like, I got it uh, for six and a half years. And I'm like, what do you pay a month? She was like 380. I'm like, you gonna buy that car three times over, but her credit wasn't good. You know, that has changed now, but I'm just like, that's highway robbery. So that is how vital and important credit is. And when you think about a 30 year term on a mortgage, um, when your interest rate can be 2.25% as opposed to 5%, we're talking about 50, $60,000 that you would pay over the life of that loan if your credit is bad. Absolutely, I'm not giving free money away. I love it, I love it. So that was fire. Essentially, what I learned from that is like credit essentially is leverage. So, yes. so you, you're basically your leverage power is like extremely strong when your credit's high. So if your credit's good. Very like, true. How would you how would you I don't know how to ask this question. How would you like define credit? Is it like a trust? Is it a trust thing? Like why? Like, how do you. Because. Hmm, let me see. Let me think. About I can that. answer it for you. Boom. I know what Go you're ahead. trying to say. Go ahead. <laughs> if we were in school, they grade on a, cra uh, uh, a grading scale from A through F. So credit is the same way. So depending on where you are in that category. So, for example, you're, it's, it's in five um, categories, if you will. It's payment history, your credit utilization, the length of your accounts, your inquiries, and then new accounts. And then that makes up 100%. So depending on where you are in those categories, for example, if your credit utilization, this makes me cringe when everybody says 30% because it's really 10%. I think they just got 
the 30% because your debt to income ratio when purchasing a home should be like 29%. So they think it's 30, but really it's 10. So if you're anywhere from zero to 10% in that category, you're going to have an A plus. But if you go from 11 to 20, then you're going to have a B and then so on and so forth. So credit is on that grading scale, but really in, in the dumbest and not saying that in any type of shady way, the way to explain it is it is a numerical expression that tells how well you manage your accounts, period, point blank. And then the, the FICO score is a combination of all three of your scores divided by three, and then they take the middle number. So it's like an average of all of your scores because your scores usually are different from bureau to bureau. Got you. And is there, and I'm glad you, you, you kind of covered something already right there of a future question. So, okay. Um, so about the three credit bureaus, we have what is it, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian? Is that yes, correct? Yes, sir. That's okay. correct. So a lot of people get confused when they get on Google and they search up uh, how to check my credit. And now they're presented with three different bureaus. Like, why? Why is there three different bureaus? And how can, are people, like, what are people supposed to do? Especially people who don't know anything about, like, credit. Like, are they supposed to use TransUnion? Are they supposed to use Equifax? Are they supposed to check all three? Like, how does that work? They, you should always check all three. Um, and I always tell people uh, Credit Karma is another entity that when I hear it, I cringe um, just because it's not accurate. It only uses two of the three credit bureaus. But if you really want to see your um, credit profile in its entirety, then you really need to look at all three because all three report different stuff. For example, like you can have a Capital One account. And I just know this from experience. They report to all three bureaus. But I have uh, my most motorcycle that only reported to two. So it really depends. So on that last one that I wasn't getting that um, credit for that positive payment history, that score is going to be lower because I'm missing all those months. It's paid off now. But, you know, during that time, uh, I was missing all of those months. So that's why the fluctuation varies from bureau to bureau, because it's all dependent upon what you have on there. If you have more late payments on Equifax, your Equifax score is going to be lower. If you have more positive payment history on experience, your experience score is going to be higher. So that's why whenever you're doing like a mortgage, um, you know, or a car loan, they usually take all three and then say, okay, you had 750 on one, 600 on the other one, and then 680 on the other. So your FICO score is about 700 because they usually, you know, they add them all up and divide by three. And then that's your, and FICO stands for the Fair Isaac Corporation, which is the entity that started the uh, algorithm to score uh, your credit score. Okay. Got you. So that was, that was hey, half of this is selfish because I'm asking for myself. Okay. <laughs> and then half <laughs> of this right. is and then the other half is just informational for individuals who don't know nothing about credit. So oh, that's boom. Cool. okay. So we'll, I'm just gonna like each thing you say, I'm gonna run a little summary on it just just for my brain as well. <laughs> okay. So okay. so okay, so when checking credit, um, so first off, credit is important because it gives you uh, buying power essentially. You can buy, if your credit's freaking amazing, top, top tier, you have leverage over interest rates, over if you're going to pay a, 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 like a larger or smaller down payment, you have uh, leverage over if you're going to have to put a security deposit in at an apartment building. Um, you can yep. say, nah, I don't need to do that because my, my credit score is high. So basically, your credit score being high just proves that you're trustworthy and paying back on time consistently over a longer period of time, essentially, right? That is correct. And and to sum it up, it's basically um, proven to the potential lender um, that you are not a high risk. That's what okay. they want to see. Okay, perfect. And so when you're extremely low risk, leverage is high, you can kind of run the table essentially when you pull up. Um, That's correct. Beautiful. Number two, we talked about the different bureaus and how they all matter. So basically you could be paying on something like, like you said, you were paying, or you could pay on your car, right? And your car payment history could be reporting to only two of three agencies. So one agency may be like a higher score because you're, because it's reporting to that agency, but another might be lower because you're not reporting to that agency. Okay. So, so all three credit bureaus matter and all three of them combined together divided by three is what a FICO score is. Perfect. Okay. That, that's correct. Okay, so 
is there a specific website or like or do you have to like do you have to go to like all of their websites like equifax website check your credit transunion check your check your credit and um experience and check your credit you got to go to all three like no you no usually nowadays uh because people are becoming more educated about credit um you can go to one and then they usually will give you um, your reports, but then you might have to pay a fee to get access to your scores. Like when I do an analysis for a client, um, I use Identity IQ because it's compatible with my software. So when I import their data, it gets all three reports and all three scores. And then I import it and then run, kick out an analysis and then give them my expert opinion on how that works. So it's a lot of companies that have it. Uh, you just might have to pay a fee for the actual scores. Got you. Okay. All right. Perfect. So let's talk about like what credit scores we should be shooting for. I, I feel like it could be a dumb question because I mean, no, no such thing is a dumb, dumb question. question. That's right. But, um, but um, yeah, like what should we be shooting for? Like is 500 bad? Is 600 bad? Or is it good? Is eight, like how high can you go? How low can you go? <laughs> Okay. Um, the lowest is 300. The highest is 850. Um, you really, it, it depends on what your goal is. Uh, some people are overachievers like myself, so I'm getting ready to be pushing in the 800s, uh, but I, I can get anything I want right now in the sevens, but that's just for, just to, I, I just want to do that. But a lot of people um, come to me and like, I want an 800. This is what I always have to tell them off the flip. You cannot have an 800 credit score if you have not had an account for a, a minimum of 10 years. That is one of the criteria. You can have on-time payment history for six, never max it out, never have a late payment. You are going to be stuck until you reach that 10-year threshold and you just can't have it without it. It's, it's impossible. Um, but you really, you can get a house with a 620. You can get approved in the 600s. Your interest rate just might be higher, but really for real, Anything with a three, four, five, or six in front of it, nah. <laughs> you want to have uh, about for that one, like one hundred twenty-five thousand. Sorry, I'm doing business too. Hey, you good? You good? Um, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you really don't want to, like you can, like 680, you can get a really good interest rate on a house, um, but really just to feel comfortable and knowing that you go in, you're going to get a good interest rate. You probably won't have to put no money down, something with a seven in front of it. Okay, perfect. All right. And let's see, the next question was, what is FICO score? But you covered that. Thank you. Look at you ahead of You're the welcome. game. And um, let's see, we talked about the differences between TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see, can you, so I have a few questions. So there's like these words that are like commonly used when, we, when we're hearing people talk about credit. And I was just wondering if you could just run through and define a few of them real quick. Sure. So, so we have, Let's start here. Collections. What is collections? The devil. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ever want anything to go to collections. But in short, collections is when you owe an entity or an organization money. Uh, you fail to pay it. It's usually after 90 days. Um, they'll send it to collections. So they sell it to a collection agency, which there are a lot. Um, it's of their choosing. And then they'll hit your, well, they'll try to work with you first sometimes. Um, but if not, then they'll put it on your credit. Um, and then that's going to be 35% of your score. And it's, it's going to, yeah, it's going to, yeah, it's going to plummet and it's going to drop drastically. And then depending on who they report to, it could just hit one, it could hit two, or it could hit all three. So you never, ever, ever want to have collection at it. I always tell people, if you're getting those letters in the mail, we got to grow up. We got to be grown. Quit throwing it away, thinking it's going to go away. Open it up, call them. If you just pay $5 a month, they cannot send your account to collections. Just pay something, but to just let it go then you got to hire me to try to get it off. Like when you can just avoid it going on there. So collections don't want those ever. I love it. Perfect. Um, let's see. Charge offs. What are charge offs? Charge offs usually occur after that's like, um, it's almost like a collection, but they've charged off the debt and they've sold the debt to okay. somebody else. So the difference between a collection is usually like a hospital bill will go to a collection, AT&T, Sprint. On the other hand, a charge off is like 
uh, a car loan. You know, it'll be charged off and then it'll, they'll update it to a repossession. So it's like, we never get in our money. You, you owe them something, like a loan, if you will. Collections is usually just like a bill. Okay, got you. All right. And then you mentioned repossession. So essentially, that's just like, at that point, they just take whatever you have yes, <laughs> that, they, that you yeah. owe them. So you owe them for a specific product or you owe them for a specific product that you bought from them. You're paying, uh, you're supposed to be paying on it, but then you're not. So then it turns into a charge off. They sell the debt. And then at that, like, if you're still not doing anything for it at that point, they just send it to like, or it turns into like a repossession. They just take your house, take your car or whatever it is. That is correct. So anytime you have, um, an article, a house, a car, boat, you know, whatever, and you use them to finance you for it, they're going to be the lien holder on that piece of property. So that's what gives them the right to come back and take their property if you don't pay for it. So then if they sell it to somebody else and there's a balance, oh, they'll still try to get you for that balance. Okay, got you. All right. Beautiful. All right. And matter of fact, you just talked about that. So kind of. Um, so ta tax liens or however you say that word, L-I-E-N-S. That's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So I like the first three, I had an idea of tax liens. I don't know what the heck that is. What what, what okay. does that even mean? So a, ta so a tax lien um, kind of falls into, it can go over into a judgment. So a tax lien is a lien on a piece of personal property if you don't pay the taxes on that property. So you nine times out of 10, you usually see them on houses um, when you don't pay your taxes that come due every year. So then they put a tax lien on your house and then they can sell it in a tax sale because you have um, unpaid taxes. And then a judgment is kind of the same. You owe an entity money. They've taken you to court. They sued you. They want your money. So they'll put a judgment on your credit and then they can start to garnish your wages. So those are two of the things that are also public records. You never want anything in public records. It's tax liens, it's judgments, and it's bankruptcies. If anybody looks up your name, they're going to be able to see that because they all have to go through some part of the court in order to be placed on there. That's why you never, ever, ever want that. Okay. I love it. See, education, education. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> and education off, broken down to where we can understand all, exactly. get all that lingo and language. Just give it to me in black and white. Man. I mean, and that's the best way we can do it. And I'm, I'm going to ask you how you plan on doing that with the curriculum that, that, okay. that you're writing. But let me ask you these last few questions real quick. Okay. Um, so what's the difference between a, there's somebody from Twitter asked this, what's the difference between a credit report and, and a credit score? Is there a difference or, or how do they yep. Gotcha. Yep, definitely a difference. So the difference is the, the credit score is your numerical expression that you get um, once they've taken and the algorithm is so ridiculous, like nobody even understands the algorithm, but it's back down into those five categories. So payment history is 35% of your score. It's the single largest factor. That's why I always tell people never pay anything late and never get anything sent to collections. The second one is utilization. That's 30%. So just with those two categories alone is 65% of your score. So then when you get into other three, you know, they make up the other 35%. So the credit score is the number that you get the credit Credit report is the grade card. So your JCPenney card, your uh, Apple card, your mortgage, your car notes, your student loan, you know, it, it's a uh, breakdown of everything that you have in your name. So that's the difference between the two. One is the number, one is the report or the grade card. Perfect. And let's see. Okay. So for you personally, you kind of covered it a little bit earlier, but how has you know, improving your credit, been able to help you like just on a personal basis, like just in a, in a day-to-day -day basis, like, yeah, I mean, you kind of answered this earlier, but I'm gonna ask you a little bit, sure. but yeah. Yeah, so how has Better Credit over the past few years been able to help you personally? Man, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I bought my dream car. <laughs> I will say that um, even though I had it for six years, six and a half years, just because the further you extend it out, the cheaper your payments are. So like even if you want to pay it off early you still know you have that time so uh was able to purchase my dream car um 
man pay I don't want to say pay little or nothing but like pay little or nothing uh walked in that was another fast deal that I did uh walked in probably bought it in like 20 minutes they had to clean it up called me the next morning hey come get your car like didn't have to finagle hey can we do you think we can like no like this is what I want this is what I want to pay and the deal is and the, the deal is done. So um, it just helped me personally. And now um, I was going to build a home, but I'm actually purchasing my first home. No ifs, ands, and buts. I know my interest rate going to be like 2%. And I have the option to pay it down. So you talking about, you know, if, if I wanted to, um, and I hope, you know, the listeners and the viewers don't take this the wrong way. But if I, if I wanted to, when I did my debt to income ratio was like 4%, I could be approved for like a $700,000 house. I mean, I don't want that because that doesn't justify my, I don't need that. Um, right. But it's good to know that if I did, I could. So credit like is, is everything. It's, it's literally everything. It's like, it keeps more money in your pocket. You can play with other people's money as I like to put it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, so first and for, foremost, ladies and gentlemen, my bad. I almost forgot about guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so essentially just running it back, credit, great credit, buying power, leverage, and from what it sounds like, less stress. Imagine yes. you walk in, imagine, you know, time is money. You know, time is money. Time is there's so much better things you can be doing with your time. And it sounds like if your credit is not doing so great, you're going to end up in a car dealership two, three hours. You might be, you might be, you might be going from place to place, like, you know, trying to figure out, oh, well, maybe this place will give me a lower interest rate or maybe this place. And you're wasting a whole lot of time jumping around. But if your credit's good, you walk in a spot, boom, we can give you this. Uh, you want this? Bet. I, two hours later, you got the vehicle you needed in and out you save time so let's not forget about like you know that could be easily overlooked you know how people can be like oh you know time is no time is money and if you can save time and you know what too and not to cut you off but it's good for emergency situations like i have a couple of close friends um who you know businesses like small businesses and a lot of uh, a lot of them suffered they were able because they had good credit to go you know get a quick credit card or bump up their increase you know get credit line increases on their credit card just for emergencies to sustain themselves through this pandemic so it's great for emergency situations just you know to to know that it's there if you need it love it i love it all right so for ladies and gentlemen that are you know 15, 16, 17, 18. And, I, and the reason why I'm using these age groups is because I really want the young listeners that listen now or in the future to understand the importance of financial literacy and the more importantly, not more importantly, and just as important, like just the importance of credit and like starting yes. young, like getting a hold of it young. So for someone who's like, say, 17 years old, like they don't have any credit history, what's your suggestion of like how they can start building their credit? I'm so glad you asked that because I have a 19 year old daughter and uh, I added her and her two sisters to my credit cards as authorized users. Now, I like to put that out there, but I follow it up with a disclaimer before I finish the story. Do not put your children on your credit cards if you're not going to be responsible, if you're going to max it out, if you're going to pay late, if you're going to use their name, if you're going to do anything wrong, do not just skip over this part. Okay, but if you are, then put them on as authorized users as soon as they come out the wound or if you've already had them, add them on there because while they're growing up, they're building all that credit history. So when my daughter graduated high school in 2018, she graduated with a 755 credit score because she had been, it already looks like, you know, she has six years of credit history because I put her on in 2012. So when my other two graduate, they're going to easily be at 800 because they have the 10 years, you know, they have that criteria and because the balances are low or non-existent and they, they, I just built it up for them. That is the number one thing that we can do for our children. Um, and, and I'll say this as nice as I can, the other, the other races got the game and gone. We late. <laughs> facts. Facts. That, that's first off. I hope y'all didn't miss what she just said. Like, <laughs> Go ahead and rewind the past minute and a half right there um, because no disrespect and no shade thrown. Some of y'all, because of not only your choices, but also because of 
again, like we said, family cycles, some of y'all 29 years old with a with a 400 credit score, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and y'all haven't done nothing to do with it, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to build it. But look, she just said, put your kids on as an authorized user. If you're going to take care of your bills, if yes. you're going to be responsible, put them on either as soon as they come out the womb or if, if they already out the womb, go ahead throw them on there, start to build their credit. You're setting them up, you're setting them up for success. It's another form of generational wealth, just as long as you're obviously smart with it, but it's another form of generational wealth and passing down buying power to your children. So yes, that, that was powerful to share and shout out to you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Also for young bucks, if your parents never put you on there, go talk to your parents right now. Be like, yo, yeah. Mom, Dad, I know y'all be paying y'all credit on time. I hear you guys talk about it at the dinner table every night. I know you guys got decent credit. Can I be added on as an authorized user? I promise I'm not going to mess anything up. Just right. uh, just get added on. Like I just did that this year, like six, seven months ago. I asked my moms if I could get on as an authorized user because just yeah. like some of you guys, I have no previous history and I'm just now learning, just like y'all listening right now just now learning about the importance of credit over the past year so and then another another thing they can do too if they are in an unfortunate situation where you know they had horrible upbringing like i did and they don't really have anybody that they can call um they can start off with a secure card but when they're shopping for they're gonna have to get some type of credit card because that's how you build it that's just the name of the game but when they're looking or doing their google search make sure they type in like um cards for building credit or cards for um, people with less than perfect credit so that they can make sure that the approval odds are more in their favor because there are cards that are designed for that. So real quick, a secure card versus an unsecured card. When you have an unsecured card, that's credit. You apply for it. Hey, you got approved for a $5,000 limit. They send you the card. No ifs, ands, busts about it. But when you have a secure card, it's less than perfect credit or either you don't have any credit. So they usually make you pay some type of the it might be $200. They might let you pick your limit and you put send in a thousand. So a thousand will be your limit. And then after you make on time uh, payments for us, either six months to a year, they'll usually mail you that money back. But they just, you got to prove yourself. You don't have anything, so they don't really know what to go off of. They don't know what to give you. But when you do that, usually after six months, they'll give you an increase, and then they'll keep increasing it, and then you'll go from there. And uh, it doesn't take long. When I was starting on my journey, uh, one of my credit cards, they gave me a $300 limit, Victoria's Secret. Now it's like 6000 Insane. So they just they throw money at you because they want you to stay in debt. So the name of the game is being responsible. Just because you have it don't mean you need to use it, but just manage it and, and do right. I love it. I love it. And I think important to tap into, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but can you define credit utilization and can you go a little bit more in depth about the percentage you were mentioning and like maybe give some numbers, like an example of what that looks like to- Of course, yeah, of course. So the credit utilization or utilization is a big word for usage. So it talks about how much of your credit that you have available to you that you use. So just for easy numbers, let's say you have five cards and they all have $10,000 limits. So you have $50,000 in available credit. So any anytime you go over that 10% threshold, which would be over $5,000, they're going to grade you on per card and as a whole. So what that means is like on, on one of my cards, let's say I use uh, $4,000 on that card. So on that particular card, I'm using 40% because I'm at 4,000 of the 10,000 on that card. But as a whole for the 50,000 that I have available to me, I'm using less than 5%. I'm only using 4% because they graded on two different scales. That's why I always tell people, if you don't have any balances on your card, you check your credit, let's say it's 700. The next month, if you max out some of those cards and go over that 10%, 30%, 50%, your score is probably going to go from 700 to like 600, 590, just because that is how vital and how big an impact it has on your score. It's 30% of your entire score. So you're going to feel the hit. So you always, you never want to go over 10%. 10. I like that. I like that. So if y'all get, if y'all get a thousand dollars 
and uh, 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 <laughs> blanking in my head. Like available you, credit. <laughs> right, available credit. If you get $1,000 of available credit um, each month, don't spend more than $100 essentially and pay back the $100 as well. Is that what you're saying or am I missing? That's exactly what I'm saying. But the catch 22 or kind of like the, the game to that is that if you use more or almost a thousand, make sure you pay it off before it reports to the credit bureaus. That way, when it reports, it'll show that you have a zero balance or you're under 10%. As long as you, if you're going to use more than the 10%, just always make sure you pay it off because that way, when it reports, your score won't take a hit because your usage is low. Okay. So that's another trick that, that people don't know. And usually from the day your payment is due, they usually report like three to five days after that to the bureaus. Got you. That makes sense. So essentially, if 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 uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wasn't aware of that. So essentially, if if I know a, if I know a paycheck's coming in like in two days, but this certain thing is only available for the next day, and I got to drop like nine hundred of the thousand of the thousand dollars, but I get you know the nine hundred the next day and pay it off, like call call in and pay it off the next day. It's all mm -hmm. good because it hasn't reported to the credit agency yet. So when they do get it, they show a zero balance. Even though I did spend 900 for the 1000 but I paid it back the next day, they're not going to see that. When, or they're going to see that it's a zero balance and I'm still good. That is correct. And you didn't pay any interest on that because you paid it off beforehand. Got you. Okay. Game. <laughs> Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Keisha giving game today. We we, 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 we we about 57 minutes of game so far, okay? That's longer than some of y'all little kids' soccer games, man. Look, right, just, right. just straight game. Okay. So the last question I have, and it kind of doubles back to um, what I said we wanted to talk about, um, is financial education in schools. So. Oh, man. I'm ready a little, for it. Dive, dive, dive a little bit. First and foremost, let's, let's start where you were mentioning um, the curriculum you're writing. So yeah, just speak a little bit more in depth on that real quick. Okay, I can give it to you quick because this is my passion. I'm one of those people, see a need, feel a need. And uh, every time I would teach children, they, they were so dumbfounded because they just flat out didn't know. So my curriculum um, really was designed to start really from the apples and oranges and work your way up to the stake because you can't just dive right into credit if they don't even know the increments of money, what the value of a dollar is, like who are the presidents is, you know, minus the hundred dollar bill that are even on, like you gotta know about money before you know how to manage it. So I take it all the way back to the increments of money. And then I take them into a, a ledger with the checkbook. Like, how do you write a check? They don't know what the memo line is for. They don't know you know to put the slash and then the zero zero over 100 or the 15 over one they don't know what it means they don't know you know about post dated checks they don't know about making sure you have the money in your account before you write the check so it goes from elementary all the way up to college and then as it goes through it's like a, it's a five-month curriculum so month, month one is finances month two goes into another realm then month three is credit then month four as they get ready to graduate talks about you know should you get a student loan what's the first versus undeferred what's a Stafford versus a Pell Grant like and then it takes them into okay now that you've made money when you get ready to go buy your first house or your first car you know what an interest rate is so you ain't just happy to get you know a 2010 Dodge Charger because it's the RT or the Hemi and you know you didn't even look at your interest rate is 27 percent like <laughs> You know, so I, I mean, I dumb it down because I want them to understand and I want them to be educated because we learn by trial and error because we just didn't know. So when they leave and it's for high school kids, I want to take it down um, to middle school eventually. But for, for right now, I'm trying to hit those that are getting ready to enter adulthood so that they can be educated and know. No, that's, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Or yeah, I can do that because they really don't know like at all. They don't even know what a credit card is. They don't know what savings is. They don't know, a lot of them don't know what banks are. So I talk about what's, what's the difference between a bank and a credit union. You know, what's the difference between um, an installment loan versus a revolving account. You know, all of these different things that they just don't know that they need to know. And first off, I freaking love it. And I also Thank love you. it because I, I also love it because it's in our area. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That that yes. makes me so happy to hear. And you know, hey, I love it. First off, like 
respect thank you. straight thank up. You. It's called straight Kids up. and Credit. It's called Kids and Credit. Kids and Credit. I love Yeah. And, and simple it's, uh, and direct. And yeah, and KC is real big to remind me. You know, KC is the town. So, yeah. I like that. Kids, <laughs> so and, kids hey, and Hey, I see you. Yeah. Okay. My bad. I was a little lost yeah. what you was talking about, but then I was like, ah, I got you. <laughs> yep. I love yep. it. I love it. I love it. That's powerful, man. That's really powerful. And um, I think, you know, first and foremost, thank you so much for dropping You're into welcome. the podcast today. We definitely, when you have time, got to do a, a part two because there's so much I'm more ready. game yes, that I know yes. that you have to provide. And and uh, there was so much game today that you provided. I need people to listen. I need people to tap in. I need people to soak it in yes. before we let a part two come through. But we need a part two for, for sure. I'm ready whenever. Um, <laughs> hey, big blessings. All right. So I got Thank one. You. I got one final question for you before I let you go. Sure. All right. This is... This is a, what I call a real tough question. All okay. right, boom. All right, so it's your last day on earth, right? Uh -huh. You ain't got you ain't got no uh, diplomas to show for. You ain't got no credit score to show for. You ain't got no social media posts to show for. You don't have any proof of business. You don't have any videos of yourself, no articles, nothing. There's nothing. But your great-grandchildren are sitting in front of you at your, at your feet. You're in a chair. You're looking down at them. And you got to tell them one way or like a one piece of advice of how to live life what you gonna tell them? of how to live life it don't got to be specifically about finance it, hey you can implement it but but okay one way of how you would suggest they live life or like how to live a good life one piece of advice they don't got nothing to look for from you this is the last thing you can give them the last thing i could give them if i told them how to live life um honest if I only if I only had to use one word, I would say honest, because when you do that, like when you do good, good follows you. It, it, I mean, it, it'll set you up. It'll get you in rooms that you didn't ever think you could be in. But if I just really had to just give them two minutes a game, if you will, um, to treat people right. Karma, karma is a real thing, whether you want to chalk it up to karma or reaping what you sow just do right. I mean, I, I cannot stress that enough. When you do good, good comes to you. <laughs> I'm a living witness of that. And um, yo, yo, what, how, what's the terminology or the saying? Um, your reputation will precede you. So if I don't have no Facebook, no nothing to show for them, somebody will be able to speak about me because I will have left my mark. That's what philanthropy is. Yep. I like that. I like that. That's fire. And that also like just taps into like my core principle of life. And like my phrase I always remind myself about is truthfulness is the foundation of all human virtues. And man. it's like, look, everybody know what a foundation is, man. Everybody know you can't build nothing without a strong foundation, without a solid Thanks. core. So when honesty or truthfulness, whatever word you want to use, it's the same thing. When, when honesty and truthfulness are at the foundation of your 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 core you straight every you good you good good because it, it 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 just goes before you you don't even have to do anything what if somebody try to slander your name somebody try to talk bad on you they're gonna be like no because no it, it 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 just goes before you so it's it's great <laughs> love it. i love it all right well keisha hunter where can people find you how can they support the business um well yeah where can they find you how they how can they support your business well i am on instagram uh I'm, I'm new to the platform so i don't even know how i have 600 followers and i only got like 12 posts but that's on my bucket list to do better in that area i gotta learn the platform get better so a lot of content can come uh but i am on their fresh start credit services llc um also on facebook the same uh, I always give out my cell phone number because that's how people reach me. I'm very personable. Um, I prefer text or email. Uh, my phone number is 913-953-1742. Uh, my email, the best one is Keisha.Hunter at iCloud.com. First name is spelled K-E-C-I-A. Um, but really all forms of communication. And the reason I give my cell phone number and I'm not ashamed of it is because uh, I want to be there. I want If I can help somebody from making a mistake, I want to do that. So I don't want you getting an 800 number, waiting, leaving a message. Like the old people say, hit me on my hip. Like I hit you back. It might not be immediate. I do a million and one things, but I definitely will get back to you. I got OCD, so I don't like bubbles on my phone. 
<laughs> I'm the same way. And and just just so they know if they haven't already figured it out yet, can you um, just summarize what your business is and, and the services you provide real quick? I can. I provide um, credit coaching, credit counseling, credit repair, financial education. Um, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And then my website is www.freshstartcs.com. A wealth of information on there. Like if you go there, you probably won't even have any more questions because it, it is a ton of information. And I did that um, intentionally. Uh, so if somebody's searching at one o'clock in the morning, they can get what they need without having to text me per se. But yeah, uh, I, I do it all. And my biggest part is education. I want people to know. Love it. I love it. All right. Well, listen, give me 10 seconds after this call, but we are going to end this podcast real quick. Thank okay. you guys. The Culture Talks <laughs> podcast you. with Keisha Hunter and Sisby Kid. We just dropped, well, not we, you know what I'm saying? She, <laughs> she dropped. <laughs> Dummy game for y'all. <laughs> um, but thank y'all for listening. Make sure I, you guys leave a review on Apple Podcasts as that is the only way we can grow. And as y'all know, look, the only way we can really help each other as a community is to share what we do you know it's like group economics through social look group economics is supporting and buying from your people before you look outside of your community so with this yeah. podcast what i really want to call out like a call to action for you guys is make sure you support and share this information share these stories before you out here running a random podcast somewhere else with somebody you don't know, some I'm not saying that's bad because information is everywhere and we all learn. I'm doing the same thing, but go share it, show some love. Thank you guys for tapping in. Salud. <laughs>